It is January 6th, the second anniversary of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, and welcome to episode 166 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm your once a week host, Jamil Jaffer, the founder and executive director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University's Anton Scalia Law School, and I'm joined as always by my friend and former boss, Les Munson, the staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and a senior fellow here at NSI. And for the first time in a two-episode stint, we've got Morgan Vigny, our special guest, Kurt and former colleague who most recently served as chief of staff to Ambassador Nikki Haley at USUN. So today we're talking about 11 degrees of Kevin McCarthy. So the same genius team that stoked the January 6th insurrection itself uh, are currently hamstringing the House from functioning uh, and organizing and establishing their own rules by preventing Kevin McCarthy, the notional leader of House Republicans, who won a slim majority this past November in the midterms from becoming speaker. Interestingly, key members of the team insurrection include the former president himself and none other than superstar Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene now find themselves backing McCarthy's bid, albeit wholly ineffectually. He's lost on 11 votes. He hasn't even come close once. In fact, Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries has come significantly closer than McCarthy ever has. You've got folks like Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs, I mean, a motley crew at best, holding out. And crazily enough, on the seventh ballot of the 11 that we've had thus far, Matt Gates actually nominated none other than former President Donald Trump, by the way, not a member of the House, for Speaker uh, of the House. Uh, so look, uh, you know, 12, 12 of the Republicans have coalesced around Congressman Byron Donalds, who himself voted twice for McCarthy early on before switching to Jim Jordan, who himself is actually voting for McCarthy. So as if that wasn't crazy enough, I mean, you know, we're still running this thing. McCarthy's going to be back up again today for the fourth day in a row. Probably another losing proposition. Hard to know how this is going to play out. Um, but for those of you who keep track of such things, this is the first time in 164 years we've been in this position in a country that's only been around for about 250 years. So, look, why should people care? You're probably wondering, what does that have to do with national security uh, and the like? Well, you've got a number of Republicans out there, uh, including some some key veterans, Mike Gallagher, the former uh, the uh, former Marine Intelligence Officer, uh, now now about to serve as the as the incoming chairman of the China Select Committee. You've got Mike McCall, uh, uh, Mike Rogers, Mike Turner. Yeah, that's four NATSEC Mikes um, who are going to be leading the Foreign Affairs, Armed Services, and Intelligence Committees, all saying this is a disaster for national security. Hakeem Jeffries said it as well. And you've actually got, worst-case scenario, a, a European Democrat calling our system a shit show. So, Les, tell me why this is okay. Jamil, thanks for that really long introduction and for using a swear word. I think it's important for folks to realize that there are implications for national security here. Mike Gallagher talked about them. Other people have talked about them. While Congress is enge- while the House is engaged in this battle over leadership, and I understand it's it's a legit process, and sometimes you gotta let things bleed out a little bit before you figure out your way forward. But every day that goes by where this process is going on means that Congress is not providing really important oversight of the Biden administration. The Department of Defense, the Department of State, all of our activities around the globe are better off when Congress is involved and providing a backstop both ideologically and politically to what the administration is doing and keeping the president in the lanes that are more sellable to the American people. So while it's not, you know, nothing's going to go haywire in the next hour and a half, in the long run, it's better if the House settles this, picks a speaker, moves on and gets down to the job of overseeing the Biden administration. Morgan, what do you think? I mean, like you served there, is it really that important to have the House looking over the shoulders of of the executive branch? And if so, I mean, should we be really worried from a national security perspective? Look, I, I think it's un, undeniable that this week has been a circus and it's been on full display for our partners and our allies as well as our adversaries. But I mean, look, our system was set up this way. 
going back to sort of the, the Federalist Papers, going back to our university days, you know, Federalist 51 indicates that ambition must be made to counteract ambition, right? So you counter politicians' thirst for power by pitting them against one another, forcing debate and negotiation, right? Our constitution set up Congress to be highly deliberative. This legislative process was not meant to be easy. And so I think this is what really makes the United States exceptional and unique from so many other governments in the world. You know, individuals, regardless of how nutty you may think they are, they carry weight. And it's even true more so in the Senate. So I, I think that, look, all 11 of these speaker votes, though painful, they actually demonstrate that our system's working. And we can talk more about how this con- sets congressional oversight back, you know, what it means for the NDAA and appropriations process. Look, Mike Gallagher and Don Bacon didn't get their classified briefing with General Milley yesterday. This isn't ideal. It really sucks, but it's temporary. You know, the sun will rise tomorrow and the Capitol will still be standing. Morgan, I agree with you. This is democracy in action. It ain't pretty, but it is democracy. And I think while it's uh, people are a little bit concerned about it, that they should hold that in abeyance, let this thing sort out, but it should sort out quickly. Look, I like democracy. I don't have a problem with democracy. I don't have a problem with voting. At least, at least we don't have anybody threatening to kill the vice president of the United States, right? I mean, so, so at least this, this process is playing out the way it should. We're doing but better. But here's my big We're concern, doing better. right? We're, Admittedly, all right, we're doing better. But here's my concern, right? McCarthy, if he does win the speakership, he's so weakened, he'd have to fight this battle every eight minutes. It's going to really make the House almost completely ineffectual. Maybe that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. I don't know. But here's the one thing that really concerns me. He's already made all sorts of crazy concessions to this lunatic fringe of 20 House Republicans, including this this committee on the you know the misuse of the federal government. I, I don't even know, like the weaponization of the federal government. I mean, this is insanity. That is bad for national security, right? That is affirmatively bad for national security. I mean, can you guys defend that one? I can. Uh, look, we all know the House is evenly divided and is unlikely to be legislating for the next two years. That's just the reality, no matter what concessions are made. It's going to be impossible to do regular order of probes. Uh, it's going to, we're going to have a tough time with the debt limit extension, all of that stuff. That is just the reality of having a divided government and a country that's evenly divided politically. I think, so I think we need to focus on oversight. We need to focus on the voice of the Republicans and providing an alternative to what the Biden administration is doing and challenging the president when he's making the wrong decision. If we, if Republicans had been more aggressive during Afghanistan, the Afghanistan debacle a year and a half ago, maybe that wouldn't have been as bad as it was. So let's, let's focus on what is actually doable for the next two years, which is oversight from Republicans. I mean, Morgan, I like, I like oversight. Here's my worry. It's all going to be, it's all going to be the Hunter Biden show. There's not going to be a real oversight of anything. Thing, the why we love Russia and Hunter Biden. Yeah, look, I mean, I think McCarthy's got a tough battle on his hands here, not not just for the speakership, but what happens if he eventually is able to negotiate an agreement with the quote unquote rebels in the, the Republican Party to elect him as speaker. I mean, look, with leadership comes great responsibility here. And I think really the, the onus, the first step for McCarthy is to really a, get the gavel um, if he's able to do that. You know, this is a fight for his legacy, and he's clearly not going to go down you know, without a fight, clearly. Um, but I'll be really interested to see what comes out of the House conference, or excuse me, the Republican conference this morning, because I think that's going to really set the tone, just not for today, but, you know, for the next week as well. The, the negotiations that are taking place will really define not only committee leadership, but but the rules um, and that's, I think, really going to set the, the course for, for, for this next Congress. So I just want to take a quick poll. Like, would, do you, Morgan, do you think McCarthy will end up 
ultimately being speaker? And if not, how do you think this thing plays out in the long run? Unless I want to get your view on that too. Morgan. I think if anyone tries to make predictions right now, they're, they're going to be wrong here. Um, I'm, okay. I'm not going to make predictions. Um, we've, we both, we've all, we're all swamp dwellers. We've been in DC a long time here. Um, we've seen crazier things play out. So I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment and just sort of okay. wait to see what happens after the house conference today or the Republican right. conference. Morgan, Morgan is a lot, Morgan is a lot smarter than me. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction, which is probably really stupid. I think the, uh, this insurrectionist caucus or this, uh, you know, anti-McCarthy caucus. I think it's personal for them with McCarthy. Uh, and once McCarthy gives up the ghost on this campaign and another candidate emerges, this thing will end. That's just my gut instinct. I may, I'm not making a judgment here on McCarthy, probably doing the best thing that he can at the moment. But my feeling is once he's off the stage, then this thing will get settled. I agree 100%. We will not see a Speaker McCarthy. We will see a Speaker Scalise. Um, and that's how I see this thing playing out. All right. Well, thanks all. That's a wrap. Thanks to Gabriel Otis and Brooke Ogg-Khan from NSI, Claude Jennings for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again this upcoming Monday for the next episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the issues shake of America's national security. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.